Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I guess most people would assume that he perhaps thought he might miss and so he's gathered a couple of spares. But I want to read to you 2 Samuel chapter 21. It's the same David, but it's quite a number of years later. And it gives an insight into why David took five stones. Because what you are about to find out, he was very well aware of. I believe that for many of you here today, today is going to be a significant turning point morning in your life. Things that have been against you and oppressed you and been opposition to you. You are going to discover the key today in how to see that broken off your life. 2 Samuel 21 verse 15 says, When the Philistines were at war again with Israel, David and his servants went with him down and fought against the Philistines and David grew faint. Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, You shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. Now it happened afterward, there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibachah the Hushathite killed Saph, who was also one of the sons of the giant. Again there was war at God with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jer-Aragam, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet again, there was a war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature, who had six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, but 24 in number, and he also was born to the giant. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shemir, David's brother, killed him. These four were born to the giant Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Four giants as well as Goliath. And now you understand why David took five stones. It was never in David's mind just about one battle about one giant, about one obstacle, about one opponent, about one encounter with the enemy. David was looking down the line, knowing that Goliath had a brother and Goliath had three sons. And he's thinking ahead going, not only am I going to take you out, but I'm getting ready for those that are going to come after you, the giants that are going to come again. And I want you to know that right at this moment, I'm preparing for battles that are yet to come. Let me go through these giants with you. The first giant is Ishbi Benob. Well, you probably might be surprised or not to know that his name means the place of fruit, the location of fruit. So Joseph, instead of his brothers bowing down to him after the dream that God gives him, instead of them bowing down, they reject him and the giant attacks his influence. And the thing that God promised actually seems to get further and further away. A giant attacks the place of his fruit. Think about Jesus on the cross, who after three and a half years not only had selected after an entire night of prayer 
He spent all night in prayer before he went and asked the 12 to follow him. And so he goes out after that and then spends three and a half years training these guys, but at his moment of greatest need, at the time when everything is coming into play, you know who's at the cross? His mother, his cousin, one disciple and a convert. Four people only are standing with Him after all the time of His training and after all the input and everything else. It's almost as though the giant attacks the place of fruitfulness. And if you maybe are someone who's got a revelation of generosity and blessing and you feel like that's just meant to be a part of your life, don't be surprised when the giant comes and attacks the place of your fruit. Your calling to business becomes your pressure point. Your passion for family and it's one of your own kids that begins to come under attack. I've seen over and over again where the thing that we are most passionate about is often the point that the enemy comes and launches his greatest assault upon. He comes and attacks the thing that means so much to us. Family matters. And so the family comes under attack. Being able to be generous matters so much to us. I know across the life of this church, so many times the things that God has graced us with, the things that we have most felt like God called us to be examples of have been the things that came most under pressure. The first giant after Goliath that they encounter is the one who attacks the place of fruitfulness in your life. The second giant, his name, we're told the names of two of them. His name is Saph, S-A-P-H. And Saph, if you look it up, means to enclose a space. It means that you've got an open vista, an open space and somebody comes and builds barriers, builds walls to enclose it. And this giant is the giant that just tries to limit you. Lots of you will know what I'm speaking about. He can't stop you, but he puts limitations around your time or your resources. You want to serve God, but only work you can get is just keeps you away from the things of God, from the house of God or from the place of serving. You want to bless, but bills keep on coming in. And it's almost as though there is a giant that is trying to box in your vision hoping that you would give up, hoping, oh, I've speak to people like this all the time. Last week in Queensland, I met with several people for whom limitation has come about in their life. Things have happened in family. Things have happened in their career. Things have happened in their workplace. And the, the dreams that they've got seem like there's just no way out of this confined space. Well, there's a giant called Saf. And his entire job, his, his incredible uh, effort and, and his entire emphasis is on getting you limited so that eventually you'll start to go, you know what? It's never going to happen. I'm going to give up. The third giant, we're not told this giant's name, only that he's Goliath's brother. Well, I was at a family reunion last week of my brothers and sisters. And I'm telling you, if you had been there, you would all know we came from the same family. We just all look pretty similar. You couldn't miss us, you know. 
All the brothers, we all look like peas out of the same pod. And of course we are, I guess. And so this guy here, he's Goliath's brother. And I think the family resemblance must have been there. And you know what I think this one's about? Is that I think this giant looks like the same guy that David had defeated. Again, how many times have you fought one battle, had a breakthrough in your life and then go, well, that's finished with, that's over, only to encounter months later or even years later, exactly the same thing comes back to your life. Haven't you seen that? I have. Families that come into a place of tremendous fruitfulness and peace and at long last, everything seems to be going right, somewhere down the road. And I call this giant, the giant of, oh no, not again. Oh no, not again. Because looking at this guy, you'd think Goliath had never been killed. And can I tell you, that's the entire point of this giant is to make you think you never won. To make you think that you still are struggling. To make you think that you never got free. To make you think that Jesus never delivered you. To make you think that your life is still, you know, you're struggling with the same things now. You struggle with back there. You haven't got any further. You're just the same as you always was. You know, really, you're never going to change. You're never going to get the victory that you have hoped for or believed for. It's the giant of, oh no, not again. And I'm not going to ask this morning how many of you here have encountered the giant of, oh no, not again. You fought and won the battle and it turns up again, another health issue comes around your way. But I want to tell you today, it's not the same giant, it's just the brother of the one you defeated before. Why is it important to know that? Because listen to me, if you defeated it once, you can defeat it again. Amen. This brother of the giant stood up as large as his brother had been, as ferocious as his brother had been. And everybody could have said, oh no, he's come back to haunt us. But instead of that, somebody went up and said in their mind, you know what? We saw that your brother die. We saw a victory come to our people there. Guess what? We're going to, listen to me, when troubles come your way, learn not to look and go, oh no, not again. Learn to look and go, you know what? I defeated you once. I saw victory come to my life once in Jesus' name. And I'm going to see victory come again in the mighty name of Jesus. I said to somebody this week, one of the virtues of having lived as long as I have, and one of the virtues of having led as long as I have, and one of the virtues of having been the pastor of this church for as long as I have, or at least one of them, has been this. That there's a whole lot of stuff I go, saw that before. Killed that giant once. I can remember times of financial restriction in the life of our church where I wasn't sure we were going to make it. I remember walking around and saying, God, you can do anything. They can strike oil in the church car park. (laughs) And we walked through that difficulty. I can remember when we had building issues. And they told us, you've got to get out. You've got to get out. You've got to get out. Well, they're not telling us that here, by the way, just in case anybody's worried about town hall meeting next week. Uh, It's not about that at all. But we want to share with you some of the things that are coming up that I know you're going to be excited about. But can I tell you, I've seen a few giants in my time. 
and I don't like them any more than you do. When a giant turns up, there's a part of me that wants to go, oh, you kidding? Not again. But I've learned to look at those things and go, you know what, I remember. And so I often wonder, I'll talk, yeah, remember that? I remember when that happened. I remember when that thing went wrong. I remember that, you know what, we're still here. We're still seeing people come to Jesus. We're still seeing people grow and get discipled. We're still seeing the kingdom of God enlarged. Our destiny offering this year larger, despite everything going out in the economy and the giant that barks so strongly. Listen to me, if you are in this place and you are one of those people who maybe your business is in a slow time or a difficult time, I would say to you, begin to get a hold of the things of God and say, God, I've seen that giant before. It's going to fall again in the name of Jesus. If it's a health issue in your life, say, I've seen that thing come before and I've seen God do miracles. And so I'm believing He's going to do it again in my life. It's the giant of, oh no, not again. The fourth giant, the last one here, we don't know his name either. The only thing we're told about this giant is his appearance. He's hideous. Imagine somebody up there and six fingers in each hand. You'd notice that, wouldn't you? No? I just look at their eyes. I'm telling you, if I saw this guy and, you know, he had a special pair of thongs on his feet, jandals, flip-flops, wherever country you're from, you call those things. And, you know, he had to have one that had five bits in it to keep his six toes apart. I'm pretty sure that you would have noticed something forbidding, something hideous and huge about his appearance. And that's why I call this giant the giant of, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) The first one attacks the place of your fruit. The second one wants to bring limitation and confine you. The third one is, oh no, not again. But this fourth one, is the one where we look at it. Someone said it to me just this week about a circumstance in their life where I think they think all four have turned up at the same time. And they actually said that phrase to me. They said, you've got to be kidding me. I know what it's like to have something happen and go, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Like, hello? Like, And what's next? What could possibly come? The giant of, you've got to be kidding me, is one that shows you the circumstances and everything that's so forbidding and just wants to scare the bits out of you. That's the purpose of this giant, is that by the appearance of it, and we've all done that, haven't we? We've looked at the stuff that's going on around our world or maybe the stuff You get the phone call, you get the email, you get the whatever and you read it and you go, you've got to be kidding me. Before you even get to engage in battle, this is the one that wants to scare you off from even starting. This is the one that just wants to so terrify you. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what their strategy was. Every single one of the giants was defeated. Five smooth stones I note that David never had to fight them all himself. I think the days are finished when we want superstar leaders who win all of our battles for us. One of the reasons for the prayer project going over 90 days in our church's life, 
culminating with fresh presence on the last Sunday night of October. One of the reasons for that is so that all of us can say, you know what, I'm a part of this church and I'm a part of every battle that it fights. I'm a part of of resisting and seeing destroyed every giant that comes our way. We want to see more. We want to see more people come to Christ. We want to see more people restored to fellowship with God. We want to see more people discipled. And so giants have got to fall. And it doesn't matter which one has come against your life, what their strategy or appearance is, every single one gets defeated. I've asked the team this morning to come and lead us again. And I want to read to you Psalm 149, verse 5. And then we're going to act on this today because I don't feel like just a prayer at the end is what many of you need. I want to equip you because if maybe the giant is attacking the place of your fruit and it's your business, then I'd like to suggest to you, why don't you go in 15 minutes before anybody else turns up? Oh, maybe you're the boss and you might go, well, I get to turn up late, I don't know. But go in 15 minutes early and I want you to take the song we're about to sing and whether you're a singer or not, or go in there and play something and say, God, I'm gonna stand against the giant of Ishbi Benob that's trying to attack my fruitfulness. Lord, the giant of Saf that's trying to bring restriction around about my life. I'm gonna stand and see that giant fall. The giant of, oh no, not again, really? Now I saw you defeated before. You're gonna end up the same way as the last one did. And then lastly, that giant of, you gotta be kidding me. Really? Psalm 149 verse five says this, let the saints, that's us. It's not talking about Saint Christopher. It's talking about Saint Jeff. Saint Rhonda, Saint Peter, good for you, you have a Bible name. Saint Lynette, and everybody knows Saint Bruce. Whatever your name is, he's saying, Let that saint, that's you, be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two edged sword, that's the word of God, in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations, punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. They're the giants. To execute on them the written judgment. Then I love this part. It says, this honour have all his saints. Doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Doesn't matter even whether you think you're a good enough Christian whether you think that you've got it all together, whether you're a great singer, whether you've got a great ministry, doesn't say any of that. It says the honour of what? The honour of allowing the praise of God to come out of my mouth and have spiritual impact on the things that oppose my life, on the things that are trying to attack my fruitfulness, the things that are trying to bring restriction, the things that are saying, oh no, not again. The things that are saying, are you kidding me? To execute judgment on those things in the name of Jesus and to see every single one of those things rendered powerless in my life. This honour have all of His sons, every single one. The team are going to lead us in a minute. We're going to sing, I raise a hallelujah. Such a great song. But I think it's not about the words today. It's about what we do. It's about us 
saying, God, I'm going to allow a spirit of praise. See, I know what it's like to sing a song and I know what it's like to praise and they're not always the same. Sometimes I sing because I'm there and the words are up. And sometimes I go, you know what? Today, right where I am, right where I'm standing, I need to see a giant fall down. I need to see that thing that's trying to bring opposition and and prevent the will of God coming to pass. God, I, I bring a hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, stand with me to your feet a minute. If you today have got a giant, maybe that's coming against your life, I want you right as join the team and say, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. Lift Jesus up in this place today in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's do it. my heart that just the whole week long have been speaking in my heart God saying come on let's let's win this one now these aren't things for me personally they're not things for our church as, as a body of people but they'll be things for many of you that are here some of you here I don't know who you are but when it comes to your finance it's I see people that have had a great flow and you've had great success and there's been a lot of blessing and right now you've just hit one of the toughest spots you're starting to wonder whether you're going to come out of it you're starting to think well i'm not sure what that's going to look like am i going to get there and there's a giant facing it we want to sing for you this morning we want to begin to declare we're going to raise a hallelujah over your life over your job doesn't matter whether you own the business or you serve in it we're going to raise a hallelujah over you in the name of jesus secondly was people's families I saw people saying, oh no, not again. 
I saw people head in their hands, getting the email, getting the phone call, getting the news and saying, oh no, not again. Oh no, not again. I thought we'd passed all that. I thought we're through all that. We're going to raise a hallelujah over your family today in the name of Jesus. If that's you, lift your hands up high to God and just stand before God and say, God, would you come and fight for me as I praise? Lord, would you do battle for me in the name of Jesus? Would you bring victory over my life in the name of Jesus? I lift up the name above every name. Come on, lift up our hands and our heart. like there's people here for your families. You know, listen, breakthrough is not singing a song. Some of you need to go home, back to your home, maybe go into that child's bedroom when they're not in there and say, God, I raise a hallelujah over this child in the name of Jesus. God, maybe they're not at home anymore. You need to go home and look at what their photo and say, God, I raise a hallelujah over that child in the name of Jesus. I raise that over my son or my son-in-law, my daughter, my daughter-in-law. Maybe you're a grandparent here and you can raise that over them in the name of Jesus. Come on, we, we don't come to church to have a service. We come to church to have a breakthrough in God in the name of Jesus. Can we just pray for a minute? I'm going to ask the team to sing again. I, I raise a hallelujah. If you'd sing that while we pray over families in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Come on, pray over the families around about you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We raise a hallelujah over our homes. We raise a hallelujah over our families. In the name of Jesus, we raise our praise to God. We declare, Lord, victory over our life, victory over our families, wholeness, health, blessing, and favor over our homes in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sing. We're going to sing it. Yes, Lord. In the presence of me. Yeah, yeah. I'll raise a hallelujah. 
You know, I was thinking this week about what you and I did to be born. If you stop and think about that for a minute, you realise you didn't do anything. You didn't start it. You didn't complete it. Matter of fact, the birth, you didn't do anything. Some of you were easy, cooperated maybe. Some of you were just stubborn. Maybe you still are. But think about it a minute. You didn't do anything to get born. You just were there. Then I thought about the words of Jesus in John 3 where He said to Nicodemus, a ruler of the synagogue who's so used to doing stuff, who's so used to a life of works. And He says, you've got to be born again. And it occurred to me that maybe one of the reasons Jesus picked that metaphor was because again, being born again, it's not about you. You don't make it happen. It's what someone else did. A Jesus who said, I'll leave heaven and come to earth and die on a cross so that you can be born again. A Jesus who hung on a cross, His arms pinned to the beam and declared out of His own mouth, it is finished. Not it started, it's finished. He invites you and I to enter into not something that will require our struggle, not something that requires our our human initiative, He says, I want you to enter into something I started and I finished for you. That's what being born again is. Listen, if you get born again and it's all stress and struggle, you probably need to go back and think about what it means. No, it's not like that. I've never seen a baby come out of the womb yet and go, oh, wow, that was hard work. I have been beside my wife when she gave birth and I was saying, my goodness, that was hard work. See, being a Christian is not a matter of trying to believe and hoping to believe and working to believe. Being a Christian is a matter of entering into what somebody else has already done. Amen. Just bow your head with me a minute. Some of you here in this place, maybe you're not walking with God and you need to be. You might even be somebody here today and you go, Jeff, I tried being a Christian, but it was too hard. Can I suggest that you come to Jesus today? And say, Lord, I want to enter into what you've already done for me. Maybe you're here today and you have never had a faith of any kind. But what I'm saying rings true to you and you go, you know what? I'd like that. I'd like to know a Jesus like that. I'd like to be born again. I'd love to pray for you right where you are. I know people will be watching this via the podcast. I meet people every single week somewhere or other who say to me, I watch you on, on YouTube, on the channel there. I'm watching the podcast off the app or off of the website. So I know there's people that are not in the room that are watching right now as well, and I want to pray for you. But if you're here in front of me right now and you say, Jeff, would you pray for me? I, I'm not walking with Jesus, but I'd like to. I'd like to begin to I'd love to help you start. He's already done it. All you do is simply say yes and take His name. That's all it is. As simple as that may be. And if that's you this morning, I'd love to pray for you. Just so I know I'm praying for people in the room. At any rate, would you lift your hand if that's you and just put it back down again. 
You don't need to be embarrassed or anything. Just, I'm not going to embarrass you. You can just put it up, put it back down again. It'd be my joy to pray with you today, wherever you are. As I say, I know people will be watching. I know there'll be people saying yes out there. But I want to make sure you're here right in front of me. I want to include you. So just I look across. Is there anyone like that today? And you say, that's me, Pastor. Would you pray with me? I need to come back to God. Jeff, I need to start walking with God. Then, Lord, I pray for all the people that are going to say yes. People that are saying yes right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that wherever they are, you're there. Lord, you're not standing a long way off waiting for them, but you're right involved with their life. So I pray, Jesus, you'll help them and touch them right now where they are in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can look this way. It's as easy as saying yes to Jesus. I already said that. One of the great ways that people do, matter of fact, I was talking to uh, one of my family who lives in Queensland. They said, my son and daughter went to uh, uh, an INC church and they said, they're doing yes text now. And I said, yeah, well, there's a few places have caught on. Uh, I thought that's great. We love it. We're not trying to own it. We're trying to be a blessing with it. It's as simple as this. You text yes to the number up there on the screen. 0488-826-392 or you log on to yes.metrochurch.org.au and the next morning at 7am you will get or whatever time zone you're in you will get that text from us with a scripture with a prayer that you can start praying to make your, your prayers uh, just line up with that you can start knowing what God's saying to you because we want to help you grow that goes for 30 days you can opt in you can opt out whenever you like you can continue on as I am oh, uh, with all the, the series that follow on after that to help people grow. But we want to just bless you with that. Text yes, 0488-826-392 in Jesus' name. Amen. 